Luca puts on a show at State Farm Arena and downs the Hawks 148 to 143. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am your host, Tim Ogles. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey Kabrinsky, where we talk everything Hawks. Let's go. All right, Mikey, uh, Hawks lose their third in a row. Um you know, they're back on at State Farm Arena on a six-game homestand to start it out. And this game was a complete track meet. But one one thing I wanted to touch into as, you know, we begin this and I have my opening thoughts. Uh, I think the Hawks, the way they started this game, playing drop coverage against Luka was probably the worst decision in this game because they allowed him to get to his spot and get his shot going, and, man, he never looked back. Yeah, I, Luka Doncic, if this game was the, one one for the history books, honestly, and uh, unfortunately it had to come against the Atlanta Hawks, uh, but this was Luka's stat line. He finished with 73 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 1 steal, 8 of 13 from deep, 25 of 33 from the field, 15 of 16 from the line. The most efficient 70-point game in NBA history and had a true shooting of about 93%. Those numbers in and of itself are just crazy. On a night where Devin Booker also dropped 60. So these nights are happening more and more inside the NBA, Tim. Yeah, uh, we had a a game where Joel Embiid dropped 70 uh, earlier this week. Um, it's, you know, cat had a big game. Uh, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, a lot of these guys having outstanding performances, but for me, the, the one thing that's constant and this for the Atlanta Hawks side is the lack of perimeter defending and it, 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 it reared his head. Yeah. The Hawks in this game, like you said, was a track meet. Both teams played really well offensively. The Mavs shot 60% from the floor versus the Hawks, 52. But one problem I really saw early from the Hawks, and it started you know, probably midway through the first quarter, a lot of touchdown passes were thrown from the Mavs. Uh, you got Luka Doncic doing that. Uh, you had also uh, Josh Green really taking advantage of some lackadaisical Hawks defense in transition. And that was something that Quinn Snyder had touched on in the uh, after the Warriors game was that, they didn't think he didn't think that the Hawks necessarily didn't get back, but it was that they didn't execute on transition defense. And tonight it, it was opposite they, to begin the game, at least. They, um, Atlanta just did not get back on defense. So, so many open looks, and that really caused both teams to, to get into a rhythm offensively, at least. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and go into this one into the first quarter. Jalen Johnson, first seven points of the game for the Hawks. And it felt like (laughs) from the tip, it felt like no team had a problem offensively in this game. Yeah, Jalen had 
he had a, he had a layup at the rim after a nice pass from Trey. Also had a mid ranger and then knocked down a three from the ring up from the wing. He actually was the only hawk throughout the first two and a half minutes of this game to actually hit a shot from the field. Uh, but uh, on, on the other end, Luca was getting every shot he wanted uh, in the paint, and he, taking his you know classic step back threes. The the Hawks really didn't have an answer for him. And when you look at the Hawks roster, Jalen with the guys available is is definitely the best guy to put on him. But we've t- we've talked about it on the show a couple times, Tim. That Jalen Johnson's screen navigation, for as good as a defender that he is, his screen navigation definitely needs a lot of work. And for a guy like Luca, who knows how to use screens so well, uh, it's really difficult to put Jalen in that position. And and he struggled tonight guarding Luca, as as did pretty much everybody. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is correct. Everyone on the Hawks team struggled to guard him. Yeah, and the. It didn't help that DeAndre Hunter was missing from this game. Uh, he's been the only guy in a small sample size for the Hawks that has made life tough on Luka whenever he's played them. Yeah, and um, moving on a little bit further in this, something uh, weird happened again for the Hawks where, you know, at the 10-minute mark, um, from the 10-minute mark to the 7-minute mark, the Hawks didn't score a basket. Um, long drought, and, and it allowed the Mavs to go on a 6-0 run. Yeah, they. this game overall was, was fairly close. Uh, there were a couple times the Mavs stretched out to to see, uh, seem like it was a double-digit lead, uh, but especially for most of the first half, this game was really tight. I mean, both, te- both teams were pretty much score- scoring at will, and... Luca ended the first quarter with 17 points, and it it was <laughs> it, it wasn't great. But in contrast to the Warriors game last time, when Steph Curry went out, the Warriors went on a run. The Hawks did not execute. This time, Luca checks out of the game in the first quarter at one minute and 57 sec at one minute and 57 seconds left, and the Hawks go on an 8-0 run, capitalizing on the minutes that the other opposition's best player is not on the floor, and they end up. Um, they end up uh, finishing the quarter uh, with the 31-27 lead. And then, you know, going into the second, uh, <laughs> I mean, Luca, and this is a constant throughout the game, Luca is, is cooking. And I felt like the Hawks were just slow, lackadaisical, you know, on closeouts. It was one of those things where, you know, Luca could get any shot he wanted on the floor, uh, and if he had a guy on him that he didn't want on him, like Jalen Johnson, he he figured out if he screened him off of him, then the the rest of the way he would be fine. Yeah, and you, you speak speaking of slow last lack of days ago, Luca plays at a pace unlike pretty much any other guard or, or somebody like him in the league. Nobody can speed him up. And when he get, gets to that deceleration layup or some of these hang, hang time finishes around the rim, when he has that going, it's so hard to stop him because, yeah, you're going to try, try and prevent him from getting to the rim. But when he's at that height, 6'7", six, 6'6", six, six, whatever he actually is, um, you're not going to block that shot because of the way that he can contort his body and, and kind of uh, control the pace at which shot blockers can, can try and bother a shot. Yeah, and Bogey, 
you know, got going too. Uh, quick eight points. Uh, the Hawks lead, you know, at that point, 43 to 37. At that point, Luca had 25 points in 13 minutes. That's an, that's an absurd stat. We, we, we're, we're probably going to say that uh, more, more often than not about uh, Luca during this, during this podcast. But, you know, even in, even in the first quarter, the Hawks had 18 points and Luca had 16. He almost outscored the Hawks on his own earlier in that first quarter. So just, just crazy stuff. But in the second quarter, we saw Quinn Snyder and the Hawks change up their defensive strategy a little bit. Uh, they threw some doubles at Luca, but he was he was smart, found the open guy. And Josh Green, Tim, se- seemed to be that open guy more often than not. Four or five from downtown for Josh Green tonight. Yeah, uh, I felt like, you know, Josh Green really had it going. Um, Luca, Luca ends up going nuts uh, in the, uh, to kind of end off the second quarter. Um, at this point, he has 30 points on back-to-back threes, and he only missed four shots at this point in the game. Um, I wanted to go back a little bit about Josh Green because when I mentioned at the top of the show about the transition defense for the Hawks, Green was a recipient of two of those long touchdown passes for two dunks. And when you get a, a guy who's not necessarily going to be the main focal point, but but still still a good role player like Green is for the Mavs, you're, you're gonna you're gonna see him rise in confidence, and he's gonna be more aggressive. He he took the second most field goal attempts on the team at twelve. Luca was at 33, but uh, when you have a guy that can get uh, a couple buckets early, easy ones at the rim, they're going to be they're going to be able to put pressure on you and have the confidence to kind of settle into their aggressive game a little bit more. So uh, Green definitely hurt the Hawks whenever they decided to double Luca. Yeah, and, and DJ and Luca, you know, I felt at this point in the game um, they were going back and forth. Um, Trey being Trey Young, uh, <laughs> um, Jones Jr. ends up getting in foul trouble. Uh, he had the hardest time guarding Trey Young. Uh, I think that Derek uh, was officially done guarding Trey at, at you know the second quarter because he had three like really sloppy fouls where like all of them could have been prevented, but the way that Trey plays, it, it was just easy three drawn fouls. Yeah, and and for Derek Jones Jr., he actually he actually injured his wrist uh, trying uh, trying to really dunk over Clint Capella. Uh, Clint ended up ta- taking a charge there, uh, and Derek Jones Jr. goes down. He did not return for the rest of the game, uh, but that w- that was a big loss there for the match because you know even though even though Trey was was probably was cooking him on defense for the uh, on offense for the most part. Um, he's he's their most physical defender, especially in that starting lineup. So he was probably a big miss uh, for the Mavs down the stretch, even though uh, they come out with a win. Yeah, and uh, the the Derrick Jones Jr. fall um, reminded me of Jalen Johnson. It gave me flashback, a little bit of PTSD. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, when you see a guy go down that hard and try to brace himself with his hands, it's never a good situation. Yeah, and he and he's one of those guys that's really carved himself. Uh, a full-time NBA role, especially in that starting lineup for the Mavs. So hopefully, hope the best for for Jones, uh, that he doesn't miss too much time here. 
Yeah, and at, at the end of the first, Luka draws a foul with 0. .6 seconds left and hits both free throws and has 41 points at halftime. It's a tie ball game at 66. Oh, 41 Man. points out of 66. That, it, it's wild. Uh, 41 points out of the Mavs, 66 points were all Luka Doncic. And, and me, me sitting here, I was, I was in the building. I was at the game. I'm just sitting there watching. I was like, every single time that Luka Doncic made a shot after, after halftime, the, the crowd, the entire state farm, it was like, it was, they were all in shock. Or we're all gasped at the same time. That's what it felt like because people were just generally amazed at what he was doing on the court. Yeah, and the pre, you know, the previous, uh, and I'll give you a hint as how this ends. But the previous State Farm record for points scored in State Farm Arena was Kevin Durant at fifty-five. That was definitely broken tonight. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, Lucas said. Set the Mavs franchise record for most points and a half with, with 51. Um, Bogey, great to see him have a good shooting night uh, for at three of three of six from deep early in this one. He's been in the middle of a little bit of shooting slump, so nice to see him kind of get out of that. Trey and Jalen uh, both had 11 points. Uh, Trey also dished out six dimes in that first half as well. Yeah, and then um, moving on to the third. Uh... Trey, you know, to start it out, Trey gets a steal, leads to a Jalen bucket, but of course, Luka Doncic come down and hits a three. Um, I felt like that could have been a, a momentum swinger for the Hawks to start out the third. Uh, we know the Hawks normally struggle in the third quarter, as I call it, the death quarter for the Hawks, and I felt like, you know, it was just one of those, uh, you know, Body blow after body blow uh, for this game. Yeah, the Ma the Mavericks ended up winning the third quarter, forty two points to thirty six, and the the Mavericks scored forty points in both the third and fourth quarters of this game. And that's just ridic ridiculous stuff. Um, but the Mavs ended up taking a 76, 76 72 lead uh, midway through the third. Uh, but the the Hawks' offense it it kind of came out. A little, a little bit slow in the middle of that third quarter. I thought the ball kind of stuck to one end, but it, it was it was short in in the in the long run and didn't matter too much. They scored thirty six points throughout the entire quarter, but I thought in the middle of the third, it was just a little bit a little bit strange that there was uh, some stagnation in the offense. Yeah, and also you know something we we seen in the third quarter. Um, was DJ getting blocked at, at the rim by uh, Derek Lively? Um, it, it was a beautiful block, but it, I felt like it was just a horrible shot. Like um, it was one of those shots where you've just seen it coming from a mile away, and you know, uh, on the sideline you could see uh, Quinn Snyder getting animated with Dejounte Murray, which. You know, it's one of those things where it's uh, um, just interesting because it just and, and that happened for a couple possessions, and I, I thought that was really strange. Yeah, it's not not a good look for the for the franchise, honestly. Uh, just just to see your co your your coach and, and players are like go, arguing with each other mid play because Deshante was bringing the ball up, and I believe I believe it was more to do with. The fact that Quinn Snyder had told the Hawks to pressure Luca once he came right past half court, 
and, and kind of throw a double at him. But there were three possessions in a row where Snyder was telling them to do that. And the players didn't respond. They didn't do it. So I thought that was really strange. And honestly, kind of kind of disappointing. More 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 uh more worrisome if you're a Hawks fan than than Lucas uh 73, in my opinion, just because that team chemistry that does not bode well for that. Yeah, and then something we've seen too is um the Mavs try to hide Luca on Jalen Johnson and the Hawks took advantage of that. Uh he, you know, takes Luca to the rim and then uh you know fakes a drive, Lucas steps back and he ends up hitting a three. Um I felt like the Hawks probably could have took more advantage of Luca hiding on Jalen Johnson just because of how physical Jalen plays and how poor Luca is on defense. You know, we added that as one of the keys to this game. We know Kyrie didn't did not even play in this game, but I felt like, you know, driving at Luca is a recipe for success, definitely for the Hawks. Yeah, and for Jalen, this is kind of two games in a row where we've seen him have, don't get me wrong, good good games, but the first halves, it seemed like he was much more aggressive and trying to get to the rim and, and, and attacking in both of these first halves. In the second half, he was still good in this one, but I feel like he could have gotten even more shot attempts. Uh, and and to be honest, uh, DeJounte Murray da- down the stretch in, in the second half of this game, it kind of felt like he was... A call on his own number maybe a bit too much. Yeah, and through that, the Mavs end up building a nine-point lead on a Luka three. At that point, the Hawks were taking just bad shots. Uh, Trey and uh, DeJounte both taking, you know, three-point shots early in the shot clock. It didn't seem like they were running much offense. It was just a a screen and shoot. It, It was you know, really stagnant. It, it, and at that point, it was 92 to 83. But it, it was really wild to watch because the Hawks were doing so much uh, offensively that was working. And to see him resort to that was kind of strange. Yeah. Yeah, that was not great. Um, both both teams in this game, though, had a lot of free throws. Tim, this game was officiated very weirdly. A lot of whistles. And I, I thought, honestly, the, the continuation calls – in this game on both sides that you just never knew when, when the officials were going to give continuation. I feel like Luca got a lot of them. I feel like uh, DeJounte could have had one more as well. Uh, it, I mean, it always happens with Trey, but, but it didn't seem like it happened tonight that much, but it was just, it didn't seem like it was a consistent whistle for me. Yeah. Uh, I could agree with that because it, it was just like for, for the, for the Mavs in general, when they were on offense, it felt like, you know, the point of uh, of attack defenders for the Hawks just really couldn't get physical at all. Like, it, it was ticky-tacky. Everything was a foul. And it, it's just it's, – it's rough basketball to watch, too, because you, nobody wants to watch a foul on every play and free throws. Like, you want to watch good defense, a little bit of a physical defense, and, and you know, kind of leave it at that. But it, it was a it was a rough watch definitely at this point. Yeah, and at the end of the third quarter, actually, <laughs> Trey gets away with a double dribble. Uh, the one time they they don't they don't call the foul uh, or you know blow the whistle, and the Hawks cut the lead to six, one hundred eight, one hundred two, heading into the final frame. 
Yeah, and uh, Luca goes off again, uh, you know, creating a nine-point lead, 65 points at this point for Luca. Um, <laughs> at this point, he's shooting 23 of 29 from the field. Um, that's just a number like you don't see in the NBA. No, not yeah, very, very rare for sure. And at this point, Atlanta was doing everything. I, they, they were throwing doubles at him, and and one one point uh, that I want to make here about the Hawks, and they they can throw doubles at, at Luca all they wanted to, but at the end of the day, a lot a lot of their 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 guys on the floor, you know, you got Sadiq Bay, Clint Capella. Jalen Johnson is an exception to this, but if they throw a double at Luca, the Hawks aren't don't necessarily have the the guys they'd ideally want that are just athletic enough and kind of quick enough to make these rotations off of a double. So you saw, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. late in the fourth quarter hitting a couple dagger threes. Josh Green, uh, multiple threes from from the far right corner uh, throughout the entire game. So. Doubling Luca, while while it did work and probably kept him from scoring eighty plus, if we're being honest, it 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 worked as far as stopping him from scoring. But the Mavs were still scoring uh, pretty much every single time down the floor. But you you got to credit Luca for for his passing vision for that. Um, Dante Exum as well. I mean, like he he had a, a great uh, three in the corner as well to kind of end this game. But you know. You know, for the Hawks, like, I felt like offensively they could still get what they wanted, but was the defense going to be good enough to limit the Mavs to get them back in this game? Yeah, and and it didn't really end up being that way. Quinn Snyder challenged a foul call on, on Yekka Kangwu. Uh, he lost it on, on a potential foul. Uh, the Hawks were down 10 in this game with 10 minutes to go. Um, Bay, Sadiq Bay hits a three, and it's just a weird sequence. Hey, nobody knew what happened in the arena uh, until until way after. But Garrison Matthews gets a tech while on the bench. Uh, that, that that was weird. What what were they saying on the broadcast about that, Tim? Well, the reason he got a tech was that he entered the floor, and as as you look at the replay, as they showed on uh, Bally Sports, um, his toe gets on the, the court just his toe and he gets a tech it, it was probably one of the most wildest thing i've uh, i've seen <laughs> that's that's crazy wow because yeah, um the pa announcer he didn't i don't think he even knew what, what was going on because he never made uh, never made an announcement of why garrison got the tech but um, it one thing that was a common theme in this game in the second half, uh, we'll, we'll say it again, the officiating. So many whistles and the Hawks put the Mavs in the bonus with over six minutes to go. The, the, and credit credit to Dallas. Luca, all the guards, you know, Josh Green was really active as well, getting into the paint. They took advantage and got a lot of free throws. Yeah, and, you know, right here, I, I think um... – the Hawks kind of fought their uh, self into this game. Um, you know, the Hawks were over the limit at the six-minute mark. Clint gets a gold tinning, and then DJ gets a push-off on uh, THJ. Um, you know, at that point, it's 131-119 with 5.25 to go. Then the sequence goes Bay 3, DJ 3. The Hawks cut the lead to six, 131 to 125 
and immediately after that, Trey Young draws a charge. That that was a huge momentum sequence, and and the building, the building, all all the fans in the arena really really got excited about after that sequence. Uh, Dejounte Murray gets a layup, but then uh, Dejounte Murray could have had could have had a four point play here to tie the game up, but he did not get a continuation. And and upon a couple replays, you know, the, the Quinn Snyder, the Hawks bench was fed up because it was 137-133. The Hawks could have tied the game at that point. But after a couple replays, it did look like DeJounte uh, wasn't in the shooting motion when he got fouled on on this three. But that was just – it felt like such a momentum boost if that shot went in and they awarded continuation, but it was just taken away. Yeah, and, you know, after uh, DJ forces uh, a three after that, um, yeah, that was not a good shot. Yeah, um, the the thing is, like the Hawks, uh, Luca comes down, they throw a double, ends up in a wide open three. Like that's the issue, as you said. Um, you know, the athleticism with this team is definitely a problem. I also think this team struggles with being able to react quicker, quick enough to to make a difference, and. I don't think they see it before it happens. They see it as it happens, and most of the time in NBA, in the NBA, that's too late. Yeah, these guys, NBA's got great offensive talent, but uh, at the end of the game, it the, the Hawks the Hawks had a chance here, down three, one thirty seven to one thirty four, but coming down the floor, Luka Doncic splits a double team, gets into the lane. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of smaller guys in there. They reach in, draws the foul, and one. And at that point, it was pre- it was pretty much over. The Hawks had a chance uh, if Tim Hardaway Jr. missed a couple of free throws when they were down three, but he ended up making both of them, uh, and the Hawks didn't score for the rest of the game. But uh, honestly, what what an amazing form- performance from Luka. And the Hawks, their offense was great, but any any type of defense was thrown out the window, unfortunately, tonight. Yeah, I mean, for me to kind of cap off, you know, my overall feelings of this one, I'm more upset about the Hawks not playing defense well enough, um, you know, to close out this game. But for the offensive side of the ball, I thought the Hawks actually played really well. Like, yeah, I mean, we 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 know the Cavs are. I mean, the Mavs are a poor uh, defensive team, but. You know, to to still put up what the, what the Hawks did is still a positive sign with the Hawks struggling offensively over the last two. Yeah, it felt like uh, you know, and it's not it's not a coincidence that the Hawks played much better offensively when Trey Young <laughs> is back on the floor. But uh, you know, it, it really only seemed like two stretches of maybe five five or four minutes that the Hawks offense kind of struggled. And for the rest of the game, it it felt in rhythm for sure. Yeah, and we'll move on to the box scores. Um, Patty Mills, five minutes, uh, no counting stats. Uh, I felt like uh, he was out there just for defense, and he did okay. Garrison Matthews in 14 minutes, two of two from deep and two of two from the line, uh, eight points, two rebounds. Uh, Garrison, Garrison, you know, he knocked down his shots, uh, but defensively, I thought I did think it was it was pretty rough for him tonight for sure. 
Well, that's going to be a common occurrence. Yeah, um, it will be. Look, yeah, uh, that, that can be said probably for everybody tonight. Yeah, so that's one of those things where we could definitely say that for pretty much every player in this game, that the offensive was great, but the defensive side um, was struggling. Um, but for this box score, we'll just talk about offense and, and how they did and definitely in this one. Um, moving to Anyeka Okongwu. Uh, 23 minutes, two for five from the field, six rebounds, two assists, one steal, uh, eight points. I, I felt like OO was, was okay in this game. I, I felt like he could have been a, a little bit better, more uh, uh, definitely up under the rim. I, I felt like he could have been a little bit better. Yeah, on, on offense, strangely, Okongwu missed a couple of easy looks where you're normally counting on him every time to to, to knock those down, especially with, with how efficiently – he normally shoots it. Uh, for Bogdan Bogdanovich in this game, 27 minutes, 9 of 22 from the field, 4 of 9 from deep, 2 of 2 from the line, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 24 points. It was nice to see Bogey uh, ha- have a great game again, going 4 of 9 from deep. Uh, so the offense for Bogey uh, was definitely there. Obviously, you know, defensively, that's another, that's another thing to talk about. But uh, it, it was just great to see Bogey return to, to the form that Hawks fans are know that that he's capable of night in and night out on the offensive end. Yeah, I felt like this was definitely a bounce-back game for Bogey offensively. Uh, hopefully, he can keep it going. Um, moving to Sadiq Bay, uh, 37 minutes, 6 of 13 from the field, 2 of 6 from deep, two, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, and 16 points. Uh, 5 assists is the number for Sadiq that uh, we normally don't see. So, you know, Sadiq moving the ball is a good thing for the Hawks. Uh, I felt like he shot the three okay in this game. So, you know, for Sadiq, offensively, uh, he definitely played a a really good game. Yeah, and I like the fact that we saw a good balance from Sadiq tonight of driving and and shooting the threes. Obviously, getting up six threes is nice, uh, but – he was making a lot of great, great decisions when he was driving into the basket. Um, so that that definitely yielded uh, those numbers in the assist uh, category there. For Clint Capella in 25 minutes, four seven from the field, two three from the charity stripe, eight rebounds, two assists, one block, ten points. I thought Clint Capella and Yeka Kangu they pretty much both played e- equally. Uh, I thought I thought they were pretty good uh, offensively, but. Uh, defensively, it, it's hard to stop guys when consistently players are getting downhill every single time down the floor. Um, it, it could have been probably better for both of them defensively, but it's it's a lot it's a lot to do with with the Hawks perimeter defense that, that they're they're going to have to stop night in and night out. Yeah, and moving to Dejounte Murray, uh, thirty seven minutes, nine of eighteen from the field, three of seven from deep. One and two from the free throw line, five rebounds, seven assists, three turnovers, 22 points. Um, I felt like DJ struggled in this game defensively for three quarters. And the fourth quarter, you could tell that something switched in him. Yeah. Um, sure. he, he was playing a lot better defense. But, you know, I know we normally don't dig into this stat too much, but. You know, something I want to bring up, his plus minus tonight was minus 21, the highest on the team. Lowest, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, lowest. 
but but yeah. Uh, and for for Dejounte, I really felt I really felt like uh, offensively in the, in the second half, at least, you know, he he came out uh, pretty, he came out pretty strong in that third quarter, but in in the fourth, I felt like the Hawks and and particularly Murray could have definitely moved the ball a little bit more down the stretch to generate some easier looks. And the Hawks were still scoring, but I felt like it could have been the uh, more even more efficient offense uh, if they kind of kept moving the ball a little bit uh, about that you know six to three minute mark before it got time to go to to go to ISOs and let and let your stars take you home. Uh, for Trey Young in this game, 33 minutes, nine of 18 from the floor, two of seven from downtown, 10 of 11 from the free throw line, one rebound, 11 assists, three steals, 30 points. Trey Young was back after missing two games. Great game from him, 30 and 11, uh, 50% shooting. I uh, thought thought offensively, you know, he was really really badly missed in those last two games that uh, when he was out with the uh, in the concussion protocol. So glad to see Trey back out on the floor um, doing doing his normal thing. Yeah, I'd like to see Trey's three-point efficiency up a little bit more, but uh, that's being a little nitpicky. I, I thought, you know, he, he played really well in this game. Um, moving to the play of the game, Jalen Johnson, 37 minutes, 10 of 12 from the field, two of three from deep, three or four from the free throw line, three rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block, 25 points. Jalen played really well in this game. Um, he struggled uh, defensively, screen navigation, so we know. But, you know, I felt like Jalen, uh, the more and more he plays, I feel like the more and more he's getting comfortable with calling his own number. And I think that's uh, something the Hawks really need from, from you know, the wing position. For sure. As we move on to the three keys here, the Hawks' next opponent on this homestand will be the Toronto Raptors. A much different Toronto Raptors team than the Hawks last saw. So first key is going to be make Scotty Barnes shoot the ball and keep him from getting downhill. As, as you know, Scotty has improved his jump shot a little bit this season, but he's going to be that main focal point of the offense, especially now that Siakam is with the Indiana Pacers. So if you can keep him on the perimeter, good things will happen for the Hawks. Yeah. I feel like every time you can make him shoot, it would be, you know, a positive thing for the Hawks. Cause when he gets downhill, he's real physical. So. Yeah. And, and another thing for, for the Hawks is uh, just to Scotty Barnes in particular, I would like to see them get. I would like to see the Hawks get into uh, his airspace a little bit early, uh, because if you if you're pressuring him at the three point line, he's not going to be able to dribble into a lot of these free post ups and kind of take advantage of some size mismatches uh, that he that I have on the wings or if a guard switches onto him. So hopefully the Hawks can really uh, get some ball pressure on him and kind of make him a little uncomfortable on the perimeter. Yeah, and moving into the second key is. Um, forcing Jacoperto out of the paint, uh, make him defend at the three-point line in the mid-range, um, and not let him stay in his comfort zone in the paint. So, whether that's Nyeka Kongwu dragging him out to the three-point line to create space for Trey Young and Jalen to work, um, whatever that may be, I think that you know that's going to be a key focal point, definitely on the offensive side to to make the Hawks. Uh, you know, offense kind of run. And the third key, it's got it's got to be to get back in transition. You know, both both teams 
the Warriors and the Mavs have hurt the Hawks a lot in transition. And the, the Toronto Raptors are a top 10 team finishing in transition, one of the most efficient teams on the fast break. So hopefully the Hawks can can kind of fine tune their fine tune their defense and try and try to bounce back with a win because this six game homestand is going to be important to see if the Hawks can stay in the mix for uh, a good seed in the playing race for the, at the moment. And that'll do it for this episode of the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at Pinwizard 300 and follow Tim at TimHawks23. Be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage from us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.